0: 6 to 7 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musiya. Coach, uh, final match of Group C against Horoya tomorrow here in Guinea.
1: How is the team looking? Um, obviously, uh, we got, uh, you know, both our strikers are not here, um, which is a big, big blow from that perspective because we don't really have a number nine now to play. Um, so we're gonna have to, you know, make another plan with Kashra being out and Novakovic not here. So, yeah, and in these type of conditions, you know, you need sometimes a number nine to play. But anyway, we'll make a plan. We'll have to try and, you know, plan around it and try and change the team shape a little bit.
0: And I mean, one of the major factors, obviously, that's gonna play a role is the weather conditions here, the heat and the humidity. We're now at ninety-five percent. How do you think uh, the guys will fare?
1: Well, thank goodness, it's a 7 o'clock kickoff. so, you know, you, to play in the middle of the day, it would have been certainly, would have been pff, both sides would have struggled. But, I mean, uh, yeah, we're playing at 7 o'clock, so I'm sure it, the humidity is very high, but that's okay.
0: Needing um, a scoring draw or at least a win, uh, what is the plan going into the game?
1: Well, the plan is obviously, you know, if you can score a goal, it's going to put a huge amount of pressure on them because then, obviously, they'll have to score two. So, um, you know, a score draw is, is obviously looks, looks, that's the way to go. But I mean, football doesn't work like that, you know. We'll have to see. Um, they haven't been beaten here for a long, long time, this team. So, um, you know, we would be positive. And look at, but obviously, we, we've got to try and score a goal. That's the most important thing.
2: Hey, good evening, everybody, and uh, thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on the spot show SAFM Spot On with me, Tabi Somosi and Katleko Mudiba, producing the show. Sylvester Komane is our technical producer. We have opened with a clip that we've just received, actually, from Connor Guinea. is the Kaiser Chiefs head coach, Gavin Hunt, uh, speaking to Jabalani Mbanjani of Kaiser Chiefs, ahead of their CAF Champions League clash against um, Horoya tomorrow night at 9 p.m. South African time, and, of course, a win for Chiefs. We'll see them advance to the quarterfinals of the CAF Champions League. And uh, today we actually saw Sundowns losing. When was the last time we saw that? In October last year sundowns have lost for the first time in 29 matches in all competition they were beaten by Sierra Beludad uh, by two goals to nil but it didn't matter much besides that unbeaten record in all competitions because the Brazilians had already qualified for the quarterfinals ahead of this game they had won four one f- four or five before this match they still finished top of the group but the, the Algerians will now join them in the knockout stages of the KeFA Champions League so it and Orlando Pirates, by the way are playing on Sunday at home to Libyans all Al, um, al-akhli in orlando there are still three games left in that group so it's a bit far from being decided and in uh, the psl there is a game going on uh, the first one of the weekend we have stellenbosch up against amazulu it is goalless uh, five minutes into the second half there in stellenbosch but it's a flashback friday where we like to sit back and catch up with our sporting stars of yesteryear or look back at historic moments in sport mostly in south african sport but tonight we are going over to the u.s because as we highlighted last night there was a Um, a historic moment at the Masters opening day as Lee Elder who was the first black African-American man player to play in the masters in 1975 became part of that starting tradition um, alongside gary player and uh, jack nicholas with the masters in augusta correcting the wrongs of the past because back in the day of course it was very hard for black cup golfers to go and qualify and go play at the masters and uh, they even had to have a separate league back in the, back in the day so tonight we've decided to find out more about lee elder from dallas texas he is um 86 this year he couldn't hit he couldn't hit the ball but i mean his presence uh Became part of that starting tradition at the Masters. And uh, some people believe that maybe it was left a little bit too late by the Masters. They should have invited him when he could still hit the ball. and um, But we're going to find out more about him to, to Today he is 86. He's recovering from COVID as we heard yesterday if you're watching the Masters and that's why he has that oxygen mask. Uh, he also came to these shows in the 70s after accepting an invite from a Gary player and there are a couple of stories about um, when he was here in South Africa and how he was also against American players being allowed to come play in apartheid South Africa back in the day. Uh, so we have decided to find out more about him and we'll speak to Mr. Michael Thurman, the chairman of the Board of Trustees and Payne College alumni because Payne college as we had yesterday will now um, be supported by the masters there is a scholarship now uh, for black golfers I would think for black golfers yes that go to Payne college and they will benefit now from this uh, from Lee Elder being part of them of the masters traditional start but we're going to get more from Mr. Michael Thurmond um, over the next couple of minutes so if you want to weigh in on our conversation tonight as we find out more about the first black man to play in the masters in 1975 please feel free to get in touch with us on 061 104 107 you can also sms us to 41391 and we'll you can call us all 117142006 and that's what we're going to be talking about uh, on flashback fridays this evening with me tabby Musia. zansi's sporting milestones moments
0: and stories flashback fridays with tabby Musia.
2: Okay, we are going overseas now. We're going to the U.K., and that's where we find Mr. Michael Thurmond. To the the U.S., apologies. That's where we find Mr. Michael Thurmond. And Mr. Thurmond, good evening from us here in South Africa. Thank you very much for being able to speak to us on our radio station, SAFM, uh, this evening.
3: Oh, I'm honored to be with you, and it's wonderful to speak with my brothers and sisters in South Africa.
2: Thank you very much, sir. And it's an honor for us to also uh, speak to you. And you guys can Google Mr. Michael Thurmond after this show, and you'll find out more about the incredible work that he's doing that side. But Mr. Thurmond, firstly, we all watched what has been uh, termed as a historic moment yesterday when Mr. Alder became part of that master starting tradition. For you, how do you how do how do you view this moment?
3: It was a moment of great pride and, quite frankly, a relief because finally, after so many years, we are able to honor a man who has made a tremendous contribution not only to the game of golf, but to advancing the cause of justice and equality here in our nation. Uh, At Payne College, I'm the chair of the Board of Trustees. On Tuesday, we honored him by awarding him officially an honorary doctorate degree. And, of course, this was followed up by him being a starter at this year's 2020-21 Masters. So it's been a great week uh, here in Georgia and Augusta.
2: And, and some, though, believe that he should have been honored a long time ago while he could still hit the ball.
3: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's, that's, the, that's the battle. And you know this, uh, it takes oftentimes a protracted struggle. Mm. Uh, we look no further than the than Honorable uh, Nelson Mandela, who fought for decades uh, to end apartheid in South Africa. And, of course, even here today in America, we're still fighting. Uh, not just to honor Mr. Elder, but to continue to protect the right to vote. So this is an ongoing struggle. The struggle for truth and justice never ends. And we have to remain vigilant and focused and continue every day uh, to fight uh, for what is right and what is just.
2: Yeah. And would you say the masters are now finally correcting the wrongs of the past, or are they acknowledging the wrongs of the past?
3: They're acknowledging it. And, of course, one act is a step in the right direction, but it's just that. There's much work needed to be done and must be done. Uh, this past year, they all, I'm a graduate of Payne College in Augusta, mm-hmm. and they are also supporting our... Oh, okay. You don't change uh, decades of history by one act, and, uh, but it's a step in the right direction.
2: Yes, indeed. And, and for you, Mr. Thurmond, what does Mr. Lee Elder symbolize?
3: Uh, I met, I was a student at Payne College. I was a senior in 1975 when he broke the color barrier uh, at the Masters. I met him uh, there on campus during a, a reception. So he represents a quiet dignity. Uh, he teaches us that through using your God-given gifts, whatever they might be, uh, you can use those gifts uh, not only to elevate oneself, but also uh, to make life better for others uh, in society. So he represents a role model, a man who never wavered, who persevered. And even though this honor was late, the honor arrived, and I'm so glad that he was still on this earth mm. to enjoy it, to see it, and to recognize the contribution that he made.
2: Is that the first time you came across him when you were a student at Pain College?
3: Absolutely. That was the first time I was a student by the president. Mm. And uh, the former president, Dr. Julius Scott, uh, heard that uh, Mr. Elder and his uh, entourage had been refused uh, service at a restaurant in Augusta. And so he uh, invited him. uh, And matter of fact, our cafeteria workers provided food for him throughout the remainder uh, of the tour, of the game, of the tournament in 1975. Uh, We had a reception for him on campus. And I remind people that we weren't as much concerned about whether he would win the Masters the way he might finish. Mm. That was a real fear that his life might be at risk. And so that was my first time visiting him, and it was a moment of great joy to be in his presence again on Tuesday uh, here in Georgia.
2: Yes, I was about to say, it must must feel like you've come full circle now because you've told us that he was honored with an honorary doctorate from Payne College where you are the, 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 the vice president also there.
3: Yes, yes, I'm I chairman. Mean the chairman of the sorry, of, of the board of trustees. Yeah, of the board of trustees, and I first met him uh, when I was student body president. What forty six years ago, <laughs> so it was a, a feeling of coming full circle.
2: Yes, and just talk to us about giving him that honorary doctorate and the significance of it.
3: Well, and I'm proud that uh, I brought the matter before the board uh, late last year. Uh, They voted unanimously to, at the appropriate time, to award him the degree. Oftentimes, honorary degrees are awarded because of academic achievement or excellence or some other field. But this man, quite frankly, who had limited access to formal education, used the skills that he had uh, to make a difference and to not just elevate himself, but also to elevate his people and to break down barriers that had been there for decades. Uh, So he earned it because of his lifetime achievement and commitment to justice and equality. You know, in the late 70s, he played in South
2: Africa.
3: During Yep, yep. He broke color barriers and racial uh, barriers there in South Africa as well. So he has had an international impact on achieving uh, equality for all people.
2: Mm. And what can you tell us about Payne College?
3: Uh, Payne College is a historically black uh, institution there in Augusta, founded in 1882 in the 139th year. Uh, I graduated from there in 1975. We are primarily supported by the Methodist Church. The CME and the United Methodist Church founded Payne 138 years ago, and we focus on helping young people to build their character, obviously, to get a good education. I went on from Payne uh, to law school, and now I'm the CEO of DeKalb County, Georgia, here in Metro Atlanta. But all the good that I do, I owe it to Payne College.
2: Yes, and we've seen now Augusta will also, or the Masters will also support uh, Payne College. Um, how does this partnership work? What are they offering? I, I had that they were awarding a scholarship.
3: Well, they have provided financial support to Payne for decades, uh-huh. but this is unique. Uh, they are supporting uh, finance in the women's golf team and providing two scholarships, one male, one female, uh, uh, also for one female golfer and one male golfer. Uh, but the good news, beyond the financial contributions, that they are important. Uh, the Masters is the most prestigious golf tournament in the world. And their ability, their acknowledgement of the significance of Payne College will help us in many, many ways uh, on many, many different platforms.
2: Oh, That's wonderful. And for those who are just joining our conversation, we are uh, speaking to Mr. Michael Thurmond, who is the chairman of the board of trustees at, uh, at Payne College. And we're just finding out more about Payne College and more about uh, Mr. Lee Elder. How would you describe his upbringing, Mr. Lee Elder?
3: Well, he grew up in the segregated South, uh, you know, in in what was American apartheid. Uh, Hmm. Throughout most of his career, he was denied access to play on the U.S. tour, the PGA tour, because of his race. And many of his more productive years were spent uh, playing golf in the all-black circuit. Of course, he was able to break through. uh, But he never wavered, never persevered. You talk to him, he's still humble. And, uh, Hmm very appreciative of the acknowledgement that he's receiving. And he recognizes, though, that there were many great black golfers who just didn't get the opportunity just because of their color. He understands that he's a history maker, uh, but he's also a very humble man uh, who is very appreciative of you know what God has given him in terms of talent and uh, recognizing that he is building bridges that others will cross into the future.
2: Do you know how he got involved in golf or how he started playing? Did he start out as a caddy like most black black golfers that we know from that time and here in South Africa?
3: Uh, he did, but what his big break was when he went into the uh, military, he mm-hmm. was assigned as a caddy for the general on the base where he was assigned. So that's, he was just in and around it. Uh, they are doing his military career, uh, began to play, uh, I guess, semi-professionally. And just it was an amazing story that it was the happenstance of, you know, appreciating golf, but his military service put him there on the course where he was a caddy and he had to maintain the course uh, where he was assigned. So it just grew out of that.
2: Oh. And I would also think the situation back in the day was similar to ours here in South Africa at the time with sports or with athletes being segregated and not allowed to play against each other because of the color of their skin. Was there then a separate league for the Amer- African-Americans at the time?
3: Uh yes, absolutely. And he won, I think it, there were 25 events on the on what was uh the All Black Tour mm. and he won 23 of the 25 uh titles at the tournaments that were held in the All Black League. He began and he won four uh titles in the in, once he began to play on the PGA and of course he came to South Africa mm. and uh and Gary Player invited him there, another mm. South African. he would refuse to play unless uh, uh, Africans of color were allowed access to watch the match.
2: Yes, and we also read that he was also leading a campaign or a protest against some American golfers being allowed to play here in South Africa at the time when black golfers were not allowed to compete.
3: Absolutely. So it's very similar. And, you know, the struggle in South Africa uh, is very similar to obviously the struggle here. And uh, I'm so proud. And, you know, you all changed the world. You helped us see the strength in, in our people uh, not real growing weary of losing faith or continuing to fight and the struggle in South Africa you know so many more lives were lost in that struggle but you all set the tone and, and just I'm honored really to be on radio talking to you, talking with your listeners my daughter uh, spent the entire summer in South Africa huh. uh, about six years ago and it changed her life, I'm just telling you it was one of the most amazing wow. experiences she's had
2: Wow, that's amazing. And that's why we also felt that it's important for us in South Africa to highlight this story and give it the respect that it deserves. Because as you said, it also does remind us of our of of our past. And everybody makes mention to the 1975 Masters when he became the first African-American to qualify to play at the Masters. You've already touched a bit on this, but what was the impact of this? And maybe let's start with the good. Well, the, the Masters, you know,
3: is... <laughs> it had a reputation of being, of, re, of exclusivity and refusing to allow blacks to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, no women were allowed to, as membership, yep. uh, uh, you know, in Augusta National. So it was as if when, when Hank Heron broke the uh, home run record here in America, when Jesse Owens participated in the 1936 Olympics, uh, then when Tiger Woods actually won the Masters mm-hmm. uh, later in the century, It was a groundbreaking moment, and it was a moment that demonstrated that African Americans should be given the same opportunity to grow, to prosper, and to show their God-given talents on any level. So it's important. Sports speaks to a larger understanding in terms of equality and talent and ability.
2: Yes, and like Nelson Mandela also said, sport has the power uh, to unite. Of course, we all know it has the power to change the world. Also, that famous speech from the Laureus Sport Awards. And you, you've already mentioned that though um, he, he received a bit of hate mail from certain sectors through his qualification from uh, of, of the Masters. I guess they didn't want a black man playing there. That,
3: that's exactly what it was.
2: Is is that why you say in that in, in in one of your interviews that we read that you felt that you had to protect him, you had to look after him, and you did your best to make him feel safe because you were concerned about his safety?
3: Oh yeah, that was the dry, That was the real concern because you have to think. There's 1975. Uh, Martin Luther King had been assassinated. It had only been seven years in 1968, so that was a real concern about his safety uh, in and around that tournament. And so we were all prayerful and hopeful that nothing would happen. Thank God it didn't. But it was a real concern uh, here in America. So it wasn't a far-fetched notion when you consider that Martin Luther King had been assassinated just, uh, what, at six eight, it was seven five, just eight years earlier. And
2: at the time, w- w- were black players not allowed to play at the Masters or was just the qualification being made tougher so that they don't get in?
3: Well, it was both. It just you couldn't get in. You sure. had to be invited. And no black had ever been invited to portray at the Masters.
2: And what other what challenges did the black players face? Because especially those on the tour, because here in South Africa, we know that uh, black golfers like Papua uh, were not allowed in the clubhouse. Even after he won one of the tournaments here, he had to get his uh, his, his trophy outside in outside of the clubhouse in the rain.
3: Wow. So, no, those are the, and then you don't have the sponsorship and the money oh, to yeah. compete. So, because, you know, corporations would not support black golfers. And So, tell me about the most famous black golfer in South Africa.
2: Yes, uh, there was a gentleman called Papua. Uh, So Gala, we've actually done a story about him. He was of Indian descent, actually, but um, obviously he he was classified as black here in South Africa. And he had a unique and unorthodox style of playing golf. And he was winning tournaments in the African leagues or in the black leagues. And eventually he got to play against his fellow white golfers and he was beating them left, right, and center. But they never recognized him. They never gave him the respect that he deserved. and, and, uh, and, And folklore has it that when he won one of the biggest tournaments, he had to get his trophy out outside of the clubhouse because black players were not allowed to be inside the clubhouse and even though he was champion.
3: Yeah, and very similar. Especially here because men in the golf courses wouldn't allow blacks to play on those golf courses. Yeah. So if you could not enter into the golf course, then obviously you couldn't compete. And because golf is a is a sport that's associated with, uh, you know, wealth and, and upper class because you can last bastion uh that was traversed and overcome mm.
2: Yes, and by the way, um, during the tournament that I was talking about where he received his trophy in the rain, he'd actually beaten Gary Player, if I remember correctly. Gary Player was the runners-up at the Natal mm-hmm. Open. Chapter 2, you'll you you'll correct me if, 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 if I'm wrong, Oskali, but I think he had beaten Gary Player at the time. Okay, let's just take a quick break. Our guest is Mr. Michael Thurmond. We are just finding out more about Lee Elder and more about Payna College uh, that also honoured Mr. Lee Alder, who was also recognised finally by the Masters at Augusta National uh, yesterday by being part of the traditional, a starting tee that at Jack Nicklaus that at Gary Player. i used to have uh, an old Palmer. Also, those were the three, right? The three musketeers Yes. Let's take a quick break. Flashback Fridays. Flashback Fridays on SAFM. And if you missed what happened yesterday, let's just take you back to what the chairman at Augusta National, Mr. Fred Ridley, had to say before that historic start of the Masters.
4: Welcome to the 2021 Masters Tournament. Wherever you may be watching around the world, we are grateful to have you with us. I want to extend a special welcome to our friends at Payne College and, of course, the many family and friends of our guest honorary starter, Mr. Lee Elder. Lee Elder is the first black man and in doing so blazed a trail that will inspire the game of golf and future generations of players. We are delighted today to have with us a number of black golf professionals who are proud members of the PGA of America. They undoubtedly were in his message that the game of golf belongs to everyone. Today Lee Elder will inspire us and make history once more, not with the drive, but with his presence, strength and character. Lee, it's a privilege to say you have the honors. It is now my honor to introduce two great legends who combined for nine green jackets. Joining Lee on the first tee, the winner of three Masters tournaments, including 60 years ago this week, when he became the Masters' first international champion. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome golf's preeminent global ambassador, Mr. Gary Player. And finally, joining Lee and Gary is a man who is celebrating the 35th anniversary of historic sixth green jacket. His performance in 1986 was legendary and widely celebrated as one of the greatest victories in the history of the game. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Nicklaus. So that's what happened at Augusta National yesterday. It's
2: reverberated around the world. And as much, uh, Mr. Michael Thurmond, as much as some believe that maybe it was a bit too late, it could have been recognized earlier, but you must be delighted or satisfied with the attention and uh, that, that, that this occasion has received all over the globe.
3: Oh, I was so proud of the moment. Uh, I, I had... Uh, to be here uh, in Atlanta, so I was not in Augusta, mm. but I watched it, and I re- it just I felt chills all through my body, and to hear them introduce Lee Elder, and just to acknowledge Payne College, my alma yeah. mater, because we are tied together, uh, Lee Elder and Payne College forever, and I'm proud that 46 years ago, you know today uh, this week Augusta National is honoring him, but Payne College honored him. 46 years ago so that's what we are proud of when others wouldn't we open the doors of opportunity and, and brotherhood to him and for that Payne College will be known for eternity and something we will always be proud of
2: and besides Lee Elder who are the other sportsmen that also are associated with Payne College
3: Well, you know, we're more uh, about, uh, we don't have a big sports program. Mm. I mean, we don't have any major athletes, you know. We have basketball and golf and baseball, and we've had some good athletes, but none to become well-known professionals. What we have created are ministers. Uh, You know, there are several Payton College graduates who've gone to uh, Africa, South Africa, uh, as members of the church and served as bishop there. Uh, Bishop Lucius Hosey actually founded Payne College. Uh, he was the uh, founder of Payne College, and of course he was a Pan-Africanist. And part of his philosophy was that you should educate, uh, the, what was at that, that point the former slaves after the end of the Civil War, but ultimately to return to Africa and to help rebuild uh, the nation uh, post-colonization. So our founder was a man named Dr. Bishop Lucisindra Hosey, yeah. uh, who saw the importance of maintaining our connection uh, with what he called the fatherland, uh, which was Africa.
2: Wow, wow, that's amazing. And did Mr. Elder go on to represent his country? Did he play Ryder Cup?
3: Yes, he played in the Ryder Cup. He was the first African-American in the Ryder Cup, too. And he played on the winning team, I think. I can't remember the date. It might have been 7-8. He was on the Ryder Cup on that mm-hmm. winning team.
2: Oh, That's wonderful. And and of course, a lot of the younger generation, when it comes to African-American golfers, Tiger Woods is the first name that sticks out. And sometimes uh, the only the only name that sticks out, even though we've got the likes of Harold Vena uh, the third. And when it when when it comes to Tiger Woods, would you say that um, he set the tone, Mr. Elder, for the next generation of black golfers? Because I did see an interview with Tiger. We did read it this week. And he said that he actually looked up to Mr. Elder.
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, we all stand on the shoulders of someone else, and there were other great black golfers, Charlie Sifford, uh, who Nicholas mentioned, Jim Dent, mm. who's still alive in, 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 in Augusta, and of course, uh, Tiger Wood, uh, Mr. Champ, uh, is now on the tour. We just need our young people to continue to perfect their skills and their talent, and and recognizing that you, there are still barriers, and you will still have to overcome them, but what uh, history teaches us that through just dedication, hard work, and faith, that you can fulfill your dreams no matter who or who tries to put those dreams uh, at rest. You can overcome that. Uh, that's one of the things my daughter really came from South Africa. Uh, you know, she visited Robbins Island. She bought me a yeah. stone. I don't know you shouldn't. And uh, one of the things she learned, and the people of South Africa, uh, she the thing that impressed her the most because she worked, in, in in some of the neighborhoods where people did not have uh, all the material things. But what she saw, what she told me, was the love of family yeah. and community and people working together. So we can use those uh, examples to achieve anything. And you have to see it in all life and in all people.
2: Yes, it's actually called Ubuntu. That's what we call it here in South Africa, the spirit of Ubuntu. A boom,
3: a boom. Ubuntu? I remember that.
2: Yes, yes. A
3: so tell me more about that spirit.
2: Yes, it's the spirit of Ubuntu. That's what uh, we pride ourselves in here in South Africa. And if I remember correctly actually, one of the basketball teams, I think it was the Celtic, in their motto, they have incorporated the spirit the spirit of Ubuntu. They say it basically means I am because you are. So we are basically one. They say umtung umuntung abantu and we are basically one and that's the spirit that we live by here in South Africa. And the Celtic actually, yes, they did incorporate that into their motto there and And they they always practice the spirit of Ubuntu. By the way, you asked me about another South South African black golfers. There was a gentleman called Vincent Chabalala. Vincent Chabalala. He was also a black golfer at the time. And um, he was also playing, obviously, in the black leagues. They are not allowed to play against... uh, his counterparts because they were scared that he would beat them i think but he his most famous win was in 1976 in the height of apartheid here in south africa uh, where he won the french open so that's another one oh. of our heroes yeah he won he won the french open in golf in 1976.
3: that's wonderful and it's good you know we're lifting up lee elder but there are so many others yeah uh you know who who've labored sometime in anonymity but it gives by honoring Lee Elder, we honor other black officers yes. and people of color uh, who, who try. So tell me about your radio station. You know, I own a radio station. And oh, I you do? Station. Yes.
2: <laughs> it is um, South Africa's only nationwide talk radio station. Um, it's called SAFM and it, it goes... Um, throughout the whole country broadcast throughout the whole country actually even in other parts of africa like neighboring parts of africa they are able to to hear us and get the signal so it is one of the biggest uh, radio stations here in south africa we like to say it's the biggest but it is one of the biggest here in south africa and it's part of the south african broadcast corporation well we'll send you oh, also
3: radio yes and what's oh, your yeah, radio station is uh, w x a g in Athens, Georgia. Athens is where the home of the University of Georgia is. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I have owned it for 20 years. We are, AM, we are FM and AM, 92.7. Yep, WXAG. We do Urban Contemporary. Uh, we have talk on Thursday. But I love radio. <laughs> it is so powerful. So, I, I really do. I mean, it's, 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 it's the music of people because you can do other things yeah. and listen. That's why radio is so important. You can drive your car and listen to radio you can't drive your yeah. car and watch the tv <laughs> <laughs> and you've got your you own slot
2: smoke. also you've got a show
3: i uh, know i don't actually you know oh, you I'm an owner, and i got you know <laughs> I, I, every now and then i'll come and talk uh you know uh current events and politics <laughs> but i don't have a show i'm not that talented i don't have that talent <laughs> Yeah. So,
0: how long? You
2: probably probably have a face for TV, but we've got a voice note here. Let's just play it. Somebody was listening to our conversation.
0: Good evening, Tabiso, and your great team. Thank you for letting us know about this great African American golfer, Mr. Lee. This was a great guy. I'm just reading his dates here, amongst others that he once played a golf match with heavyweight boxer, Mr. Joe Lewis, and that in 1967 in the PGA Tour, he finished ninth, number nine, out of 122 golfers. And that the highlight of his career, well, the highlight of his rookie career was a playoff loss to the great Jack Nicklaus whereby he lost on a fifth hole in their playoff. Then in 1971, he won the Nigerian Open. In in 1979, he became the first African-American person to qualify for play in the Ryder Cup. And then in 1984, at the age of 50, he joined the senior PGA Tour then he won if i'm not mistaken he won he had 16 professional wins what a great guy thank you Chabiso. and i just hope as we speak in golf that one day you feature mr Lamin, i forget his his first name whether it was a uh, Bafana, the south african Great champion, black great champion, Mr. Lamini. Thank you.
2: Okay, thanks for that. Is that Terra? I think it's Terra <laughs> there. Well, you can call I think it's Joe Lamini, if I remember correctly, Terra, uh, because he was inducted in the hall of fame it is Joel Lamini but we'll double check that for you and we'll see what we can do Mr Thurmond just as we wrap up now we've spoken about the impact of Lee Elder I mean this man gave us a great um, history and great stats that he played against Joe Lewis arguably the greatest boxer of all time that's what Mr Tony Weeks told us when we had him on this show um, sometime last year but the change that he fought for Mr Lee Elder uh, back in the day Are you seeing the change in America? Are you seeing the change in American golf? Would he be happy at the moment with what he's seeing?
3: Well, actually, he spoke to that. And what he said was, obviously, we need more black golfers on the tour. Uh, But he sees some progress, but there's so much work that remains to be done. And uh, he's not satisfied with where we are, but he did. He knows that he laid a foundation for us to move forward.
2: Yeah. And at the age of 86, how is his health at the moment?
3: Well, he's, he's fragile, but uh, still sharp-minded. Uh, you know, answered all the questions. Uh, just a brilliant mind. Uh, he was not able to hit the ceremonial first tee, but, yeah. he, but as uh, Freya, as the uh, uh, gentleman stated, that his presence made the history. It was not okay. You know, it would have been great if he could have swung and hit the ball, but just by his presence. Uh, he's changed things. But I've enjoyed being with you so much. And the you. one thing I will say, if there are students who would love to come to Payne College, yeah. go on our website at paynecollege.edu. We're recruiting there for the fall semester. We have a large contingent of international students. We'd love for some students who are willing and a- interested to come to America and and, be, and and enroll at Payne College. I will personally welcome you to the campus. We've always had a large a continuum of international students, particularly from Africa. Mm. And so please, if you know friends who want to come to America and come to school, Payne College, it should be your choice. You can get anywhere from Payne College.
2: <laughs> definitely, and uh, thank you for that, and thank you very much for giving us some of your time here in South Africa, Chairman of the Board of Trustees at Payne College. We really appreciate it. We don't take it uh, for granted. We felt it was important for us just to highlight uh, the role played by uh, Mr. Elder um, in, in in golf back in the day, and and his the recognition that is re, that it, that he has uh, received now. And we really, really appreciate your time, Mr. Thurmond. And also, if you are able to one of these days, please come to South Africa. We will definitely look after you you actually sound like one of us here at home
3: oh it's one of my things i must do my daughter's promised me that we're coming back and uh, i'll let you know when i'm in country so may i'll stop by and visit the station
2: thank you sir have you been vaccinated in the u.s
3: yes i've gotten my two vaccinations my wife and i so Wonderful. we're relatively safe so how's the uh pandemic is it under control in south africa yet
2: that will take us another hour's discussion but but the vaccines are coming so we are hopeful we are hopeful that uh, we'll also be vaccinated just like you guys there in the states and in the rest of the world but thank you once again sir it's an honor for us to speak to you we will send you a copy of this interview for your records and send our regards to everyone at Payne college uh, we are going to follow Payne college now and look out for them even on social media and we will spread the word and the message that you told us he's gone okay cheers he gone yeah, he's gone. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Michael. Okay. Oh, there he is. Thank you. Thank you, mm-hmm. sir. We're going to have to leave it there. And by the way, he did tell us what he was uh, uh, doing at the moment. It's such superintendent of, what is it? Called? Like a superintendent, chief executive officer of the DeKalb County in Georgia, a representative in the Georgia Assembly. He is also an attorney, an author, and a lecturer is Mr. Mike Thurmond. And as we continue to find out more about Lee Elder... Oh, chapter two has sent us a message. Thank you for listening, chapter two. I think I owe you an IPL score after this message. But he says, good evening, brother Tabiso. Yes, he did beat Gary Player and many other top golfers. So, okay, my memory is still not too bad. that the Natal Open when he received his trophy outside. I know some people are disputing that to say, no, he didn't receive his trophy outside, blah, blah, blah. But... We have spoken to historians on the show and they're adamant that he received his trophy outside. So here's a cricket score for you, chapter two, because I know you love your cricket. IPL got underway today. Um, Day one, match one, even though there have been 100,000 daily COVID-19 cases in India since the 4th of April. But the IPL still got underway today in india so the mumbai indians they were put into bed by rcb they got to 159 for nine in their 20 overs there uh quentin de Kock did not play he's in quarantine after traveling from south africa i think it has to be seven days before he can get out there but Marco jansen that is in 19 or 20 libra Remind me, I think it's 20. Marco Jansen, the tall left-armer, bowling all-rounder, highly rated here in South African cricket. We've had Alan Donald talk about him when we had him on the show. He's making his debut for the Mumbai Indians. So RCB are chasing 160 and at the moment they are on 69 for two after nine overs. And ABD Villa should be at the crease, right? Let's check. De no, he's not at the crease yet. It's still Virat Kohli and the Big Show, Glenn Maxwell. So, AB De Villas is up next for the Royal Challengers of Bangalore. Hopefully, you can wait for us to finish the show so we can watch him. But um, let's also then uh, just find out more or let's hear from the man himself, Lee Elder. The man that we've spoke, we've been speaking about for the past 40 minutes or so. In his own words, we were able to find an interview that he did in 2019 with Golf Digest
5: all right i'm here with lee elder lee uh he's one of the most uh, uh influential people in golf and and one of the great rags the riches story lee i mean you were an orphan at age nine one of ten kids and here you are you've carved out this great career in golf A uh, caddying was a way out for you wasn't it
6: well it was the only way for me you know at that time back in those days it wasn't anything else you can you could do you know in the 40s and 50s what else could you do but go and and caddy to try to I- advance to perhaps what you might have been thinking about a Korean guy. Right. But I was not thinking about a Korean guy. I was pretty much thinking more about survival.
5: Right. Okay, now I, I referred to him as one of the most influential people. I mean, you came, you won four PGA Tour events, eight times on the Champions Tour, and you are known, of course, as breaking the color barrier at the Masters. What does it mean now versus then, you breaking the color barrier at Augusta?
6: Well, it, it really... <laughs> I think then it, it, it meant a lot, but I don't think it do now. No. You know, and I think, and the reason why I said do not do it is because, you know, all I have been, uh, <clears throat> I have had so many other people that have honored me. Yes. Uh, the Masters have never honored me. The Golf writers have honored me. Right. The, the, the City of, of Augusta have honored me. National organizations all over the country have honored me, and I've never been honored uh, by the Augusta National. Uh,
5: now, in 75, when you when you played Augusta for the first time, first African-American to play, I read today that your news conference beforehand was three hours long. Yes. Three hours.
6: Three hours. And the reason why is that when I first arrived at Augusta, I went out and tried to play on Monday. And, you know, quite naturally, it was a newsworthy story. Right. All of the press right. wanted individual right. uh, a time. Right. And it was pretty hard for me to do I went out on the golf course to try to play. they out on the golf course. They do, Lee, can I ask you this question? Can I do this? Can I do that? And I tried to practice it and I couldn't. So I went to Cliff Roberts, and I told him, I said, well, I feel that I'm, it's unfair. I cannot go out and really practice get the ready, way yeah. Yeah, to get ready like everybody else. So I said, well, can we talk about the possibility of you addressing the press and telling them to let me practice? We have a press conference on Tuesday, which was the first time that a non-winner had been able to to hold a press conference there at, at Augusta, which we did. We started about 4 o'clock uh, after I had practiced that day and it got finished uh, at 7 at night. Wow. We talked about a lot of things, a lot of the threatening letters that I had received, a lot of things that I uh, had been involved in leading up to the Masters, See, because I had a whole year to go from the time I wanted Pensacola back to the Masters because it was uh, a tournament that ran concurrently with the Masters. Right. So it was a situation to where uh, they felt that I really uh, had uh, kind of ignored them because I had refused to talk to the press about some of the things that I had planned to do. Or uh, if I was going to accept the invitation right. to play at Augusta, I had not accepted that invitation yet. And I think I kept I think I think kept Cliff Roberts on, on the fence because he could not freely tell the press, yes, Lee Elder have accepted. When did you
5: accept? How soon before the Masters?
6: Well, it was about uh, two months later. Okay. Yeah.
5: What did it feel like being
6: there that week and playing there that week? It was tough. It was tough because <clears throat> I could not really get comfortable. As a matter of fact, I stayed in two houses. Really? Oh, yeah. Two houses? Because, yeah, because I had received so many threatening phone calls and letters that they they did not want me to be where they had access to me. If I wanted to, I didn't. I couldn't go out and have dinner uh, at at the clubs and things really? around the country. Yeah, because they, they felt that it was going to be a a threatening Racist situation.
5: Threat. Yes. Wow. Now you integrated the uh, uh, 71 South African PGA. Gary yes. Player brought you over yes. there.
6: Well, yes. Uh, the, the,
5: at the heart of apartheid. What was that
6: like? Well. <laughs> That was really frightening because I'd never been to South Africa because no other black had been out there. She had tried to play there on several occasions and he was refused. And Gary, being the ambassador that he is, really worked hard. Right. We worked over six months just to get a visa <coughs> for me to go to South Africa. Wow. I had a good friend who was in the State Department, US State Department. Right. And he said, Lee, let me say something to you. If you fly over all of the black African countries and going to South Africa, said, you're going to be ridiculed so badly. He says, so why don't we do this? Why don't we make you an honorary ambassador from the United States State Department? You go to all of these other uh, African countries, give them one day clinic, an exhibition, have a press conference, and the last one, and then go to South Africa. And, that had
5: to be heartwarming, huh? Oh,
6: very heartwarming. Almost every place that I went, you know, the advanced publicity was so great. Yeah. We started at Monrovia Library, went to crawl Ghana. Even went to Kampala, Uganda, where Big Daddy was at, and man, I tell you, it was frightening there because you know you didn't know what to expect in Kampala. So, but we went there, and then went from there to uh, Nairobi, Kenya, and then into Lagos, Nigeria, and was accepted so well.
5: There. I'm going to go back to the year before you played Augusta, '74. Okay. I headed the Seven. tour when I was a college kid mm-hmm. that summer, and there were about close to ten African American guys playing the tour.
6: You better believe.
5: Now, now we have one. Yeah. I mean, we're talking 36 years later, we have one, then we had clo- 10, even close to a dozen, and so forth. What has happened?
6: You know, during that time, all you needed was $6,500 and uh, was enough money for you to, to really put up for you to play for six months. A lot of them were able to raise that money and, could, and qualify to get their card and could come out and play. But to stay the long range, it was a little bit different. And what I mean by stand alone range, <clears throat> as more and more players begin to come on the tour, things got tougher. These guys were trying to take care of families, trying to trying to win enough money so that they could uh, take care of their family and try to play the tour. You can't you cannot do that unless you have unless you have someone that uh, that is really you and has the money and the willingness to stay that say that that time to go, uh, that distance to go along with you. Because it was so expensive, even in that, at that time. Right. I mean, you still had to spend, uh, oh, I would say two, two to three thousand dollars a week. I mean, now it's so it's so expensive; it's not even funny. And there's no right. way that they could get that type of money. I go to a lot of the colleges, and I see a lot of minority kids that are cabled, are uh, planning the tour, and maybe qualifying for the tour, but they just do not have. it.
5: Well, them. it takes what eighty to a hundred thousand dollars just expenses oh, per yeah, year on tour, right? Easily. <laughs> Hey, where yes, where are we now, uh, uh, golf's relationship with race? Where where are we now?
6: Race is very very good. Yeah. Really improved. Okay. And I think the reason why that is because of Tiger. Yeah. He have he have he have brought this mixture together.
5: What impact has he had on minority golf?
6: Oh, great. Yeah. It is so many so many more that have John that have started to play because right. of him. Right. And and it's so good and uh, you know, just the same thing that he has right now. It's gonna pass. It's yeah. going he's gonna get yeah. over It's just a matter of time. Yeah, but he has been so good for God for both races, for yeah. all of the races
5: Yeah, Lee. Thanks. It's a My pleasure. pleasure very good to okay. see you. Good, good right. to see you
2: Okay, that's the interview then uh, in his own words Lee elder that he did in uh, 2019 there and uh, if you are interested in the leaderboard round two is underway officially and uh, there is a tie at the top now there are one two three four players on four under and uh, Brian Hammond is on one under through two but Bert Wiesberger the Austrian is flying today he's on six under through 16 so he's also tied for the lead on a four under but Justin Rose the overnight leader who was born right here in South Africa is battling today he's on three under through 11 so he's dropped to four under for the tournament and that's what's happening right now at the masters so one two three four players tied on four under uh, of course they're still playing their rounds they're still early days for some of them and there's drama in the football there was a game amazulu and Stellenbosch. bosch it has just ended what drama there from the little that we could see here while we were doing the show stellen bosch had lots of chances katleko tells me that they even hit the post that one i didn't see but Benny McCarthy's Amazulu scored in the third minute of edit time to win 1 0. And guess who? Tabok Alinge, the new man, has delivered for coach Benny McCarthy. repaying, repaying Benny uh, for the faith that he showed in him. Uh, Tabok Alinge, who was signed recently, it's not his first game. He did come off the bench, I think it was against the Black Leopards when he came off the bench. Uh, but uh, he has scored now for Amazulu, who move up to second now on the log after this victory so they are second um i just need to check the table but i'm sure they're second yes they are three points behind sundowns who have played three games more but they still have to face sundowns amazulu so go to there and i think it's six wins in a row now and unbeaten in 12 in the league for benny mccarthy's charges how is that incredible. And in the Glad Africa Championship, the Cape Town All-Stars beat Jomo Cosmos by a goal to nil today. Let's give the last word here to um, Heinrich Klassen, who is the standing captain for the Pro T20 side, because Temba Pavuma is injured, so he's going to miss the upcoming four games. And Heinrich Klassen held a press conference today just to talk about uh, the series and the first T20 match, which will be played at the Wanderers tomorrow.
6: Thanks, Hi, Heinrich. Um, How does it feel that you... Being made captain when half the team are missing?
7: I um, like Ken. Um, yeah, it's un, unexpected once again, um, but it's a big honour for me to lead this, lead this team. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we do not have the, the big players here, but we are a very strong side and guys that um, got a lot of confidence in this format of the game. Hi, um. Heinrich. Your own form wasn't too great in the in the ODI series. Um, are you, do you still have a bit of, uh, is it still a bit of the, the COVID effect after you, you were sick? Are you still f- uh, trying to get back into it or, or what do you think was the was the issue there? Um, not, not at all, um, I'm still hitting the ball very well. Um, it's just small decisions that gets me into trouble um, while I'm batting out there, but my confidence is still nice and high. Um, Like I said, I'm hitting the ball very nicely at this moment. So it's just a matter of time when everything comes together again. Do do you have any idea, with all the chopping and changing of players coming and going and some staying back from the ODI squad and whatnot, do do, do you have any idea what your 11 might look like tomorrow? Um, Not yet. We're waiting on some other um, personal things as well. So um, we will probably have a chat in the next hour or so to give the guys enough time to um, prep for tomorrow as well. So at this moment, I have no idea. Um, we still need to have that meeting.
3: So what do you mean by personal things?
7: Yeah, it's just a couple of fitness days, a um, couple of niggles here and there. So those things need to be sorted out um, before we can select the team. Andrew, um, uh, Janeman Milan and Karl Verena played very well in the third uh, in the third game. Um, what did you make of their performance and um, do you are they two of the guys in the, in the running for, for starting places and you believe that they can just pick up where they left off? Yeah, I thought they played brilliantly in the one day or in that uh, third game. Um, they show sure that they can actually uh, perform on this level. They are quality youngsters. Um, they will play for South Africa a very, very long time in my personal um, opinion.
0: Padraic, just on that uh, balance of the team you mentioned, um, there are a lot of new faces in the squad, but
6: um, do you expect that South Africa will play a similar sort of brand, a similar sort of format to the team um, as they have previously in T20 cricket, or or are you guys looking maybe to experiment in new directions?
7: Um, We've got a set plan on how we want to play it. Um, Obviously, over the last couple of months, we're still fine-tuning the brand that we want to play. Um, with all the new guys coming in, they, they still need to play that brand of cricket because that's the direction we want to go into. Um, so if they want to fit into the side that that's the way we're going forward. So definitely gonna keep pushing that brand of cricket. Um, that's the way Temba wants it. And um, that's the way we're going
0: forward. Um thanks for guys. Um Heinrich, um aren't you tired of playing Pakistan in T twenty matches because you led them I'm in the three-match ODI series, uh, 2020 series, um, my apologies. And you've got another four-match ODI series starting tomorrow.
7: Yeah, it's, look, the quality side, it's actually nice playing against them. We, we need to win the series to get back at them. Um, they've been um, playing good cricket against us, so it's a good challenge for the boys going into the next four games. Um, but like I said, we, we're all excited to play a new format again.
2: Okay, good luck to the protest tomorrow then at the Wanderers against Pakistan. First ball should be bowled at around 2.30 and... Um it will be live, of course, on SABC. You can catch the commentary team, the likes of Mdile Insabo, Six, uh, Sochele, there, Hussein Manak, uh, Alvira Peterson, Ed Rainsford, and Natalie. That whole team should be there tomorrow to give us the latest for live updates from the cricket on radio and on TV. And RCB now, Chapter 2, have moved to 94 for two, chasing 160 against the Mumbai Indians, so they need 66 from 49 balls. There's still Glenn Maxwell and Virat Kohli at the crease. We're going to have to leave it there and um, if you are a hip-hop fan. We have seen uh, breaking news on SABC News right now that rapper DMX
0: is no more. We have to go to news.